1: Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the third installment of Blurred's Landing. And today we will be doing a special recap of Season 5, Episode 1. My name is Ebony Jones, and I am Hugh Golden on Twitter. I rep House Martell. Our uh, theme is unbowed, unbent, and unbroken. And I don't have a dog in this hunt for the show, but I'm pretty excited to have the discussion with everybody else. So we'll go with India. Please tell us a little Hi. bit about yourself. <laughs> Hi, this is India. My Twitter handle is India's Movies, and I rep House Targaryen. Our theme is Fire and Blood, and that is about it.
2: <laughs> okay. Correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, uh, Sharif, rep your yep. house.
0: Sure. Uh, what's up, everybody? This is Sharif. Um, I'm on Twitter at Sharif Jackson, and I'm repping House Aaron as high as honor.
1: Yes. And what's what's your what's your accompanying rap theme song?
0: Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so, so like I last yeah so so uh last week it was how high. Um, I think this week it's uh it's uh get lifted by uh, Keith Murray. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. Good.
1: <laughs> Robert, you are next. Rep your house.
2: Okay. Uh yeah, this I'm uh, at Robert C. Young on Twitter and I rep House Tyrell growing strong.
1: Awesome. Jamie. This is Jamie. My Twitter handle is at Black Girl Nerds and I am repping House Stark and winter is coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Indeed. I'm going to, I I totally am going to add an air horn with like booyaka, booyaka in the back because I, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> I think pull, pull, pull. That's I like the necessary. way Jamie
2: just did that Oprah, yes. Oprah thing on her, uh, her house. Oh
1: yeah, and it's coming and you're gonna get a car. (laughs) And you get a winter, you get a winter, and you get a winter. (laughs) Okay, okay. All right, so what we are at uh, winter has indeed come, and we've reached a very interesting point um, in the Game of Thrones television series. Not only will the show be dramatically departing from the plot of the books, but thanks to the slow publication, thank you, George R.R. R. Martin, they'll ultimately be catching up to the books and moving well beyond them. So we don't know if the new storylines will be spoilers for the eventual books, or inventions by the showrunners, or some sort of combination. Uh, So we really won't know, and lucky for us, when we talk about the show, we're just talking about the show because we are a beginner's book club, starting at book one, and since there will be on that, we won't try to compare and contrast between that. So if you were just now reading, you should feel very good about that because you won't get any spoilers. Um, what we're going to do, we do have Twitter trivia ongoing, the winner of which will receive a Game of Thrones Hodor T-shirt. So if you are listening, please answer the questions. The person who answers the questions um, most and correctly will, and first, will be winning this T-shirt. So check out any uh, questions on Twitter that have the Blurs landing hashtag and also have a trivia hashtag. Um, with that, we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to dissect the episode by character as opposed to trying to jump around and navigate through the 55 minutes that they gave us. Um, before I get started, were there anything, any questions that you had that were not answered by this episode? Um, Think about that as we go through, and because we're going to come back and recap on that. All right, Cersei. We opened uh, on two young noble ladies wandering the woods in dresses. Uh, one seems afraid, but the other is fearless and insists that they keep walking towards an ominous hut. And surprise, it's little Cersei. So she drags her friend into an ominous hut where a witch lives. And after the usual Lannister threats. Um, the witch agrees to answer three questions about Cersei's future. First blurred, Blur's Landing trivia question is what three questions were asked. Back in the present, Cersei is on her way to the funeral of her father, Tywin Lannister. She glances at Marjorie as she ascends the steps to the Great Sept. After the funeral, we see the return of Lancel transformed in a broad-shouldered young man, simply dressed and barefoot. His father, Kevin, explains that He's joined the Sparrows, a cult of religious fanatics. See, these are the words I say very country. Religious fanatics who worship the seven. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I heard it. I was like, wait a minute. Who worship the seven? Lancel asks Therese's forgiveness for leading her into temptation, which we know is not really what happened, correct? Um, and she says, I doubt you lead anyone anywhere, as well as will oh. Afton Uh, to king robert and he alludes to the fact that he spikes the king's wine so the first question that we have is could those prophecies be the reason pharisee has always been so angry and paranoid
0: absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) she was angry even before she heard the witch's guess like she was already threatening and she just seems like she was raised and naturally, well, well not naturally but like she was raised to be, you know, the way she is. Like I I don't think that the prophecies maybe made her a little paranoid, but I think that the fact that she's kind of been this pawn um, you know, in the game of thrones in terms of first first uh being m- m- first being married to one family and then being married to the Lannisters and all this stuff. So no, I, I think she's always been like that. Um, I don't think the prophecies had anything to do with it.
1: Okay. I agree with you. Um, India, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, um, I, I agree with him as well. Uh, and I, that's all I'm going to say because we're not about spoilers, right? So, <laughs> That, that's all <laughs> right 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 okay okay um a jamie or robert um well it's not good when a witch laughs in your face when you ask her to tell her your future um so clearly there's something left in Cersei's future that is unpleasant and will most likely make her look like a jackass um so that's what I'm thinking, that there's something going on that is going to be embarrassing to her, and that's why she's kind of looking angry and paranoid, even though that's been sort of her thing through and through, but I, I think it's now apparent. So I guess we're in this point in time now in the story where this prophecy could come true or will come true, I should say. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think uh... – it had anything to do with her being angry and paranoid. Uh, but I do think she was definitely caught by surprise uh, when yeah. the witch was talking about uh, that um, Robert, you know, her husband would have 20 children and she would have three. I think that kind of like kicked her for a loop. <laughs>
1: yeah, even as a little girl, she was
2: like, Say what now? <laughs> yeah. Like, that yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Makes sense now, though. <laughs> <laughs> also it is grief you know her dealing with um grieving with you know the loss of her father and then this is the moment um where she's queen. She, in her mind at least she's queen because there's no one else no one else yeah queen. there's there's nobody to oppose her really so right. she's going she right. thinks in her mind she's going to rule this is unsettered. it mm-hmm. right and so there there that that dream coming in you know, when she was younger and, and having her fortune or her, the prophecy given to her, you know, I think that's just going, looking back and just saying, okay, am I at this moment now? This is the moment. It has to be because my father's gone. Mm. So. Indy is always so insightful, isn't she? <laughs> she brings like a fresh perspective to me every time. Okay, so let's see. Here's a little levity for you. There were so many jokes on Twitter about Lord Tywin's stone-covered eyes, down to a comparison <laughs> by Miss At Tylisa Anoor. Uh, she had his picture compared to the crash test dummy laying prone. So, what what are your thoughts about his stone-covered eyes? <laughs> well, I just want to know why is it something that people are making fun of just now. Like that has been the case for every person that's died, at least that we've seen their corpse lying on a table. We saw that with King Joffrey. We saw that with John Aaron in season one. Um so I don't know why it's something that's being made fun of all of a sudden, but I guess it was a very profound death. And I did not know by the way that Tywin was dead this season. Like last season we saw Carrion shoot an arrow through through tywin but i didn't actually see him like collapse and die they just mm. cut to another shot so i didn't even know he was dead and you know oh, i, I wow. haven't read through really? all the books know. yeah i didn't even know he was uh. dead and i was like oh man tywin's dead tywin's i understand why That's you think like, like that because they the way that he writes the book like it was times where i didn't know if john was dead because remember we You and I had this conversation before. We were talking about John. Is he really dead? Because she goes and puts the arrows through him. And we're like, I I thought he was dead at that moment because I hadn't read all the books. And we were really, really, like, just all upset about him dying (laughs) when he wasn't dead yet. (laughs) He came back. He came back the next season. So I understand why you think the way you, you were thinking because that was, before I read the books, that's how I was thinking. Yeah, I just saw him, you know, react to being shot, but I didn't see mm-hmm. him collapse and die. And so, yeah, I completely was thrown off when I saw him dead on the table. I was like, "Oh damn, he died. Okay, All right. <laughs> <I can't> like, <laughs> I'll be damned. Okay." <laughs> yeah, I was,
0: I was definitely left with the impression that he was dead. After I think it was the second arrow, he kind of slumped over, and it was pretty much near his heart and his chest so like i i, I don't know i i did you I use science
1: pretty... to deduce the fact that he was dead <laughs>
0: <laughs> i thought it was yeah like i measured the velocity of the arrow I guess gonna, gonna measure it. no but, way um, he
1: could have uh, survived that
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah I, I i i mean i guess they could have made you know if that he survived i mean i definitely thought that you know um Brandon was dead after the first <laughs> um after the first episode I uh, thought he was clearly dead. Right. Um, so so um so yeah I mean like they definitely could have I guess made something up um, and like had him just severely injured but no I thought it was just you know like uh, after Tyrion killed you know killed Shay at the end of season 4 I just thought that he had to die. It, it had to be this vengeance thing. Like it couldn't be just him gravely injuring Tywin it had to be him killing him you
1: know so there you go we have a listener Shanta fabulous who says i figured since the bells were ringing as varus and Tyrion were leaving that he was dead Mm -hmm. that's a really great Mm -hmm. point yeah she also used science that's called deduction there you (laughs) go yeah
2: yeah, because during that scene varus was like we got we got to get the hell out of here
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's the fastest i've
2: seen varus move
1: (laughs) absolutely Okay, so, all right. Um, you guys didn't, didn't find as much humor in the, in the eyes of Twitter, seems to you. That's okay. Okay, so we let's move on to a scene that was shown during Therese's portion, which is uh, Sarah Loris and his sister Marjorie. We see Sarah Loris in bed with Oliver, Oliver, a fact his sister seemed dismissive of. What do you think she meant when she said perhaps about Cersei staying in King's Landing as her mother by law? Uh, um, you go ahead, Robert.
2: Yeah, I just thought, I mean, it's House Tyrell, so I just thought there was some machinations going on behind the scenes to to take care of Cersei. <laughs> it sounds like there's already contingency plans to to take care of her, so I'm kind of interested to see what happens there.
1: Okay, so you mean that uh, you think that Cersei will soon be deceased with her own set of stones on her eyes? Uh,
2: (laughs) deceased, or you know, some some kind of plan they have to either kill her or you know get her out of the city or you know separate her from Tommen. Um, She just seemed like you could see the the wheels turning in her in her brain while she was saying
1: that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, I just want to piggyback off of what Robert just said. Marjorie definitely has a game plan um, that just goes without saying. I don't have any theory as to what that could be yet, but clearly she has some things that are set in motion for Cersei, and essentially it's going to lead to her usurping the Queen, and I'm here for it. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> with <that in> breath. <laughs> They did orchestrate you know, what we know from the shows is the death of your house, right? So mm-hmm. you should be out for Lannister blood at this point, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Indy or Sharif, do you have any thoughts? I enjoyed how um, they had, you know, in the beginning they had the prophecy um, being told and she the way she said, the way, you know, she said someone younger, prettier, Mm-hmm. And you saw that without actually, you know, there were no words. There was a look at Marjorie. There was a look uh-huh. at Thirsty, and Thirsty passed her. I love that. I love that. That's the power of film, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're wow. able to see, when you're able to see something, and you, it, it doesn't have to be spoken. That's not what, No words were said. You know, <laughs> just you saw that younger, prettier, on her way. You know. Mm-hmm. It was so, epic um, side I was eye. Like that. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I I love that. I love that. So it was that part and I couldn't stand her blaming Jamie. I mean, what she said to Jamie was just like so. But I I you know I always fight with Cersei and her and just her you know her character and. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get along too much. Well, so yeah, I, she was really like, "This is your fault that." Right, our and like you are his favorite. Yeah. That's so not true. Yeah, he gave all his kids a problem. He gave all of them a problem. I mean, listen, not. he was right, and that's what I tell people right now. Right, you have the ability when you have a child to mess them up in your own special way, and mm-hmm. trust me, no matter how many people that person has. They're going to mess that kid up in their own special way. Why do you think your brother joined the king's guard and fathered children with you allegedly right <laughs> mm-hmm. don't you Don't you think that that tells you that he's not a hundred percent okay? you know and I think really we do see a lot of her paranoia and um. Kind of, it really break starts to break her down to a human level that we don't de- that we didn't necessarily see in some of the other episodes. So, you already see her being weak before being before like standing up and just being strong. She she kind of has that face, but mm. she totally lets you like that that scene with her and Jamie just lets you know she's not anywhere near strong. She immediately blames him and. I disagree with her blaming him and and you know and of course it is her brother's you know it's 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 her brother's fault that he's that her father's dead, but she's not looking at all of the things that led them up to this point or you know even her father's involvement and in how he did things mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. not being a leader that's yeah exactly no i I agree with you I agree with you okay, so Let's move on to Tyrion's section, uh, unless anyone has anything pressing about Cersei. All right. Nope. So, okay. It's been a rough few weeks for Tyrion. He was wrongly accused of murdering his nephew, sentenced to death, ended up murdering both his lover and his father, okay, and eventually sealed himself in a crate for voyage across the narrow sea to the city of Pentos. When Varys releases Tyrion, he finds himself at a home um, belonging to Illyrio Malthitas, the man who brokered Danny's marriage to Khal Drago and gave her the dragon eggs, as well as the man who overheard Arya scheming, um, who Arya overheard scheming with Varys in season one. So it turns out that. Both Darius and Illyrio are part of a shadow group who wants to restore the Targaryen names for the good of the realm, um, but thanks to a long series of bad decisions, no thanks in part to the Lannisters, um, and also the whole plot of the show, things have only gotten worse in the Seven Kingdoms. So Tyrion's still got, oh my lord, I killed the love of my life blues. So he really just wants to drink away his woes, but Varys tries to convince him to go forth to a place where Cersei can't find him, and it looks like they're going off to uh, Marie to meet Danny. So here's my question for you Should Tarion brood long or move forward with his life, and how can he really move forward with his life? How could he have a life if we know Cersei's after him? Um, Sharif.
0: Well, I mean, I think he did the right thing by leaving Westeros. I mean, you know, he's pretty much public enemy number one right now. Um, So, you know, and, like, he has been for a while ever since, you know, he was on trial for supposedly killing Joffrey. So um, I think that he, in terms of having a life, will he ever have, like, a life as a lord and master of coin, and, like, all the – and all that stuff, I don't think so. Um, but I do think that, you know, he needs to get in league with uh, Danny and the Unsullied, especially after he showed his sort of, like, uh, military skills during the Blackwater um, stuff in Season 2, I believe. So so I think he's doing the right thing by moving forward, and, uh, you know, I hope that he follows Barris's
2: advice.
1: Okay. I agree. How about
2: you, Robert? No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, his it's really the the best probably the best situation he could get at this point. I mean, he, he's definitely public enemy number one. And uh he doesn't have a whole lot of choices, so why not go see what uh he you know, he can offer to Danny and it's not like he's knowingly going to a side that's, you know, thought to be weak. Um, I'm pretty sure Varus has let him know about the dragons and all that stuff. So it's probably the best situation he he can get at this point.
1: That's true. Ladies, do you have anything to add to that? I think it's Uh, it's a really good point that he he doesn't have a lot of options, but he does have a pretty dang good option. Yeah. um, I, (laughs) I just want to carry the man up a little bit. I know he's been through a lot. Um, I really loved Varys' line, and I'm paraphrasing here, and he said something about um, that I don't take you for one that suffers from self-pity, and mm-hmm. he's on point about that. I mean, I, I get the fact that Tyrion killed his dad and killed his lover and all of that, but um, I just feel like he's being a little bit of a baby right now, and there's too much happening for him to get too caught up in his own drama. Um so hopefully he will get over this and Barry will uh, toughen him up a bit and they can, you know, focus on the real issue at hand and not just him being upset about, you know, his, his lover that really, I don't know, I, I feel like sometimes throughout, the, and I don't want to spoil, but I feel like sometimes throughout um, book one he's like spending just a lot of time trying to figure out if Shay is someone he legitimately should be with or mm-hmm. she is just someone that's using him. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of caught up drama with him and Shay and I just feel like he's just pining he's really pining, I feel like, over Shay more than than Tywin. So Yeah, yeah you know, know you know he doesn't have any it. feelings. He doesn't have <laughs> any feelings about killing Tywin. He's like, eh, screw yeah. you for making my life out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I
1: think it's really about Shay at this moment, yeah. I mean, but yeah, think it was, about it because, you know, Lord Tywin told him that he would never be Lord of Casterly Rock. And so it's kind of like, well, screw you too, then. You know, for that portion of it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sharif. Yeah, I, I do want to push back on that a little bit on
0: the babying part. I mean, this dude just went from thinking he was going <laughs> to die, you know, after seeing Oberyn lose to like the mountain to – you know, being basically forced to kill. You know, I don't know. If, well, it's it's not the first woman that he loves because he's talked about another one in the past, but you know, like one of the few women that he's actually loved through his, you know, kind of consistently whoring days. Um, and <laughs> wh- and while I agree that you know he that 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 like him and his dad has have been on the outs, it was still hard for him to kill him. I mean, that conversation that they had you know he looked like he didn't want to do it like he, like he's he's been through some trauma you know mm-hmm. and you add that to being in a crate for however long it takes to cross the narrow sea I mean I, I don't know I feel like he deserves some uh, some uh, brooding time uh, you know because he's 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 gone through a lot and like I don't know what the time scale is from when Jamie let him escape to now but you know he's he's i think he's going through some uh some uh, ptsd right now
1: okay that has been bullied he's been bullied constantly by his father and it's not that he enjoys having to kill him it was more so like see now you just i gotta kill you now i just i got to do it because it's either me killing you or you killing me and getting to that point it's just an awful, awful place I can only imagine. And just feeling as if your 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 dad never cared for you. He never loved you. He never loved you. That's an awful feeling to even, yeah. you know, to, 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 to think that way. Okay, so and we got not there. not only that, but look, wait a minute, India. Not only that, but he's banging your chick.
2: And right, and then he to confess of course, that, you
1: that shows, to that you. proves it. Right, That exactly. exactly. proves it even more right there. He's sleeping with her, and he's using her. To to betray me publicly, so to I can execute it. I mean, <laughs> just, just on and on with it. Just, you know, it's really hard. It's really difficult for him. So I think that that's the 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 grieving right there it, that you see him doing, and and he does that in the books too with the the vomiting, throwing up. You know, you know, drinking. <laughs> He's a bad drunk. But he's all, it's like that all comes from him trying to deal with the fact that he realizes that he's not loved by the people that brought him here, you know, and that's, that's really difficult. And then on yeah, top of that, being in the crazy, totally you know.
0: Yeah, and and, and I think one uh, last point is that, you know, up to this point, at least, he's not a killer. Well, he does, like, kind of like, he right. likes, like, the politics. Right and stuff, but like this is the first time where he actually that I recall at least that like that like he actually had to kill people one one you know in a very gruesome fashion with Shay. So, you know, he's you know, he's not a murderer. Well like he's not like the rest of the people in this world. Um so
2: I think that is taking its toll on him. Yeah. I mean basically he went from not being a murderer to a double murderer. So yeah that's... <laughs> That's that's a big uh, big change. Even and over no matter what his father inside. did to him, no matter what his father did to him, I mean, he killed his father. So I mean, that's a whole different level of of, of grieving and stress right there. I mean, he killed his he killed his own father. No matter how bad his father treated him,
1: and he always yearned for his father's love.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You
1: know, terrible as he was for, to him, he always yearned for that. So. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of emotion um, with Tyrion and Tywin, and a lot of pent up um, abandonment, par- parental abandonment issues going on, and then of course with Shay. But I just feel like, okay, time to time to get serious now. I I, I want to be more, <laughs> want to be more sympathetic over, for Tyrion sure. right now. But you know, you you can't be weak right now. this is this is it. Like this is the game. You you gotta show strength because. If you I don't, mean, but, but technically, okay. But technically, he's in a safe space. He can, right. he can be sad for a little bit. We don't want him to be sad for multiple episodes. But this one is okay. And I think what I what we have a listener. I am Lauren P. She says uh, Tywin has a habitual line step. If Tyrion didn't <laughs> off him, someone would probably with his help too. Okay, and then she also says. Uh, this is I Am Lauren Pete Tyrion doesn't seem to be the brooding type, perpetually drunk, yes, but he'll soak for a moment then find his way back. And I agree with what she said. I agree with <laughs> that.
2: Jamie, Jamie, Jamie taking that House that, um, start thing seriously. She's like, boys, <laughs> she keep like, yourself together.
1: Like, yeah, so North <laughs> We got time for Janet. this foolishness. <laughs> the North remembers, too.
2: Winter is coming, Tyrion.
1: Winter is Let's coming. Get it together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been waiting, waiting. She's right. We've we, we, we really, really, really been waiting. Yeah, so one last question on this section. Is there trustworthy, and did he surprise you coming out for Danny? Huh. Man. No, he's not trustworthy. is
2: trustworthy as little finger. Jeez. Yeah, he's <laughs> <right>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and and like I don't think he's coming out for Danny. Like he actually cares yeah. about her. He gets a sense that they can win with the dragon, so he's like, mm. "I'm gonna lie myself with them."
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. can't I go so wrong with dragons. No, no. I mean, he's like, he's a spider. He's the master of disguises. He's loyal to no one. Um, he's not even from Westeros. He tried to kill Danny in season one.
2: So sure. I mean,
1: I. No, I don't. I don't think he's at all loyal or coming out for Danny. There's an ulterior motive here that uh, has yet to be revealed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And with that, bum bum bum, we're gonna cover Daenerys' section uh, of the episode. So let's get ready to rumble. That's my Oprah slash rumble <laughs> announcer. Okay. <laughs> A lot of Oprah influence going on in this podcast. Yes, exactly, exactly. All right, from atop the Great Pyramid, the Harpy Falls, a young unsullied warrior heads to the red-light district of Marine, where a sex worker asks him if he wants the same as always. She takes her clothes off, and they get in bed to just snuggle. It's pretty adorable until a man wearing a gold mask reaches in and cuts his throat, and we see him bleed out, and that's quite tragic. So we learned that the murderer was working with the Sons of the Harpy, a group of nobles who opposed the rule of Daenerys. We know all that. She wants them to uh, suffer, and she wants to burn everybody. And you know, she's very vengeful. And what we know is that she eventually gets talked out of it. We see Miss Sandy approach Grey Worm and ask why the Unsullied soldiers would. Visit a brothel, and as we know, there's a little romance going on between them where he was watching her be naked a few episodes ago. He unfortunately doesn't know, so we were hoping because what uh <laughs> what Danny asked her was if when they are when they become unsullied, if they take all of it right, and so what we were hoping was that he kind of still has some operational pieces, but he doesn't okay. <laughs> When he <laughs> <on> the, side. <laughs> the noble Hizdar Zolorak returns from his uh, ambassadorial trip to the Yunkai and he tells her um, that they've made a council, they're ending slavery, but they want her to open the fighting pits up, which previously were watching slaves fight to the death, but now they want to watch freemen, although still slaves, fight to the death. She says no. So now we fast forward to the best part of the episode where we get to see Danny and bet with Dario. And he's like, Oh, please reconsider because I was sold into slavery at age 12 and I fought in the pits, and that's the only way I've become this sexy and gorgeous and ripped. And <laughs> okay, he doesn't say that part, but that's what I heard him saying. <laughs> He tells her, you're not the mother of Unsullied, you're the mother of dragons. And then she decides to visit the dragon pit where Viserion and Regal are chained, and they kind of uh, rebel because they're teens now. They're upset with her for leaving them in the darkness, and she runs out. But we really don't know if it's from panic or if she's just afraid of what she's done to them. So first question, Dario was... Fine, okay? So we'll get that out of the way, boys. But the question is, <laughs> <laughs> question- awesome. uh, is his sad, sap story trustworthy, or do you think he has some skin in the game to reopen the fighting pit? Um, I don't trust Dario or his <laughs> butt stunt double. Um, y'all think the butt was a stunt double, right? Yeah. The butt double. I did not. I know it was a butt double. Thank yeah, you for a, ruining my fantasy. fantasy. Um,
2: <laughs> they went
1: well, who with is butt the butt double, double then? I don't, I, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. <laughs> they could have went oh, with goodness. a better butt. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, the, the scene with, there was a scene with, um, Oh, gosh, I think it was with Missandry and um, Grey Worm. They cut to a shot of him looking back at Danny, Mm -hmm. and he looked very deceptive. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also didn't like the fact that he waited until after they had sex to try to convince her to reopen the fighting pits, you know, (laughs) wait until she's, like, at her most vulnerable moment, and then he, like, like, lightly caresses her arm and stuff and everything. So he's got something up his sleeve, too. I don't trust anybody on this show. I really don't like. Don't trust anybody at this point. <laughs> at this point, yes, it's hard. <laughs> trust no one. <laughs> okay, Jamie, <laughs> that's a beautiful summary. Would anyone like to add anything onto that, or <laughs> with the, with the dragons? I, she admitted to saying that she can't control them. She can't control them. She and Tim. That's a huge, huge deal for her to admit that. Um, and then you know he of course comes in with that line, "Mother of Dragons, um, without dragons or something like that, without dragons, not a, mm-hmm. not a, a queen of dragons, uh, without dragons, no, not a queen at all." Mm-hmm. And that's that's like that is her her theory, her own theory, her own principle of thought. So that mm-hmm. is just like. You can be there intimately with a person. They reveal themselves in a particular way, and you know it's a really, really sensitive place. And you don't have to take that dagger and just stab. But that's what he did in certain ways Um, because he he could have left her feel strong, but he just totally, like, just, like, threw, took her clothes off and made her feel even more vulnerable Mm -hmm. than she already, you know, felt. And so that's what gave her that, let me get in here, let me see if I can try to get these dragons to do what I need them to do, you know? Uh-huh. So she gets in there and she's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> 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 it ain't happening. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, and I and I, that's, that's what happened for me, I think, when I saw that scene and I was just like, dang her she revealed and to me that just that's, that's a sign for me this is me just a sign of betrayal with him I oh. just don't trust him so um I'm with Jamie on it I don't trust him um but it's because of that because it's like if I show you a side of me that well this is where I'm I'm kind of sad or vulnerable I don't expect you to take that and just like you know well guess what because you aren't this you really aren't that Thanks a lot. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> you know, guess you're not a queen. Let me roll back over and go to sleep. <laughs> 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 right. Oh, my gosh! <laughs> you know, you'll shoot me in my pinky toe. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that's how we roll this. Uh, but, no. yeah, that, that, that's not easy. For me, I'm just saying, for me for me as a queen, as if I was in her shoes, I would be upset with that. Okay. All right, now we have a visitor. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to go now. But, yeah, that's, that's my take on that. Okay, awesome, awesome. So, listen, uh, we have some, some discussion about the butt double on Twitter, and so that kind of <laughs> leaves me, <laughs> leads me to my next question. What do you think of Michael Houseman and this portrayal of Dario? We know he's the second one, and he's apparently very attractive. We know that. But behind the good looks, does he fit the role for you? I still like Dario 1.0. I yeah. like the Fabio-looking I think because he looks... I hate to say this because then it sounds like it's incest, but he he looked very similar to to Danny, but it seemed to match right them being possibly you know a couple. So I don't know. I I was just used to seeing him on the screen, and he was really hot. I mean, Dario two point is hot too. Don't get me wrong, and he's sexy on Orphan Black. Um, but I don't know. I I, I really like. He was very built and very muscular too. And um, he he definitely seemed like he was more badass when it came to you know getting things done. But you know um, I like he's Dario 2.0 is growing on me definitely. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, but the butt the butt's got to be replaced though. So. <laughs> yes, one, one user one listener says that his butt was pancake flat. So that's kind of sad, and we don't want that. Um, the Jamie, it's interesting that you point out that the first Dario kind of looked like her, and I'm going to spoil this little portion. I apologize. But that's the actual way that it's written, that he looks like he could have had some of their blood with the eye color and the hair, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it was oh, yeah. an interesting departure for them to Honestly, go.
2: Honestly, be, I'd be paying so much attention uh, to Miss Andy. I don't even pay any attention to Dario. That's oh, all Oh,
1: listen. Robert, I saw your 52 tweets about how fine she was. I was like, we haven't even been on that scene for 20 minutes while we were I'd be like we were,
2: Dario said I'd be like Dario said what? I'm I'm looking over here. I'm checking out Miss Andy over here. So I don't got time I to listen. I love be listening the
1: I love the battle of the sexes tweets that we have on Twitter. <laughs> you me, deep <deep-hizzle. laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, uh, <laughs> we go back and forth with just all of these pictures of the sexiest characters on the show, either half-naked, shirtless, or whatever, and um, very exploitative. But, uh, yeah, we, we do this back and forth, and it's so much fun to to highlight who we like and who we find sexy. Well, yeah, but I definitely don't trust, trust All of us. Yeah. You don't trust? Okay. Well,
2: no, no I'm just waiting he for him a a to have some kind of major... Uh, major betrayal
0: yeah i i don't trust dario because you know like he killed his own people to get with danny's crew um you know when they first kind of met up so i i never trusted that dude um plus the fact that you know like he kind of spent a lot of that time trying to hit on her as well (laughs) as to teach her how to you know learn the people and all that but i really think that he's trying to you know get her emotions so that he can get some control Um, you know, and I do prefer the Fabio Dario,
2: um,
0: because I think that he, like when you first saw him, you didn't think that he could like, well, I didn't think that he could really kick some ass in the fighting. So it made it even more surprising when you see this kind of like pretty boy looking dude that looks like he probably cares more about his looks than, you know, really being a, a dope fighter, but like, he's also this amazingly, you know well-gifted uh, well, well, gifted fighter. So I kind of like that uh, dichotomy better than, uh, than a Dario 2.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that the good summation of that, Lady Antihero on Twitter says his acting, which is Dario 2.0, is more realistic and palatable for non-readers, but it betrays the description of the character in the books. So I think that... That's a good point to end on. We are, we have so many more people to cover. I want to tell you, we also saw Sansa. She was with Peter Baelish. Little finger is who we call him. And they dropped off Lord Aaron, which we saw him getting his butt kicked in uh, sword play with Lord Royce and his other charges, be they his children or whatever. Um, And then we see that, Sansa is leaving with Littlefinger, and he says that they're going to a land so far from here that even Cersei Lannister can't get their can't get her hands on you. Um, we also see Brienne, and you know she defeats the Hound, which we saw, but she lost Arya. Um, we don't see Arya, which several people have already noted on Twitter that that's who they wish they had gotten a capture of. Um, and she's trying to get Pod to leave her alone, and she's brooding because there's no good people left to be a knight for. Um, and then we actually see her say, uh, you know, I, you know, the good lords are dead, the rest of them are manner. And then Pod uh, says that, really, let's just focus on finding Sansa, and then who should drive by them but Sansa and Littlefinger in their carriage? So you know I'd be interested to see how that goes forward. All right. Now, John, this is the most important character. <laughs> Especially for you Jamie because he is House Stark. And so I'm going I'm going to delve into his section. King Stannis, who has taken up residence at the Wall with his army, asked John to take a proposal for the Wildlings, join his army, fight the Lannisters, and when he wins, he'll pardon everybody, make them citizens, and give them land. Right? Forty acres and a mule like a mug. It's a very fair offer, but one that John knows the free folk really won't take because they don't bend the knee and, you know, all that other rigmarole. So... Mance Raider has been told that he needs to bend the knee or he's going to burn, right? Because the, uh, Lady Melisandre is all about uh, giving people to the red light of rural lore. So Mance is understandably upset about the idea of being burned alive, but he's like, yeah, I'm going to just not bend the knee because that's not what I do. So... <laughs> He's not sure that he could really convince the free folks to follow Stannis, which was also a part of the deal. And he said, they followed me because they respected me. Um, The moment I kneel for a southern king, they're not going to respect me anymore, or or he says that's all gone. And so that night, Nance gets dragged out to a pyre, and he gets told by Stannis that he can kneel and live. And he's like, hey, Stannis, good luck to you. I'm going to just go over here and burn right quick. You, good luck fighting. Okay. And then Lady Melisandra then eulogizes, <laughs> gives a really long speech about the light and the darkness, um, and then they start burning him. And we watch man, and then he starts kind of going, oh, and right before he starts <laughs> screaming, this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> right before he starts screaming, sunk in the darkness, and he has an arrow in his chest. Why he's not still screaming when he gets shot with an arrow is beyond me, but, that's, but he definitely didn't. So the questions are, um, we see, first, John training and teaching, um, and I have a question for my ladies. Tell me how you feel about seeing him in that fatherly role, and that's for John. And by ladies, I think I just mean Jamie. <laughs> it was great. It was awesome seeing John in the fatherly role. I mean, John is really matured, and um, we're definitely seeing him being the responsible adult that little other characters in the show have yet to, to reveal about themselves. And um, I really liked also the moment with him and Mance Raider. I mean, he was basically like a salesman <laughs> trying to give him a pitch on the why he should um, bend the knee. But um, I, I really do respect Mance Raider, by the way, for not um, doing that. Um, that's another conversation. But, yeah, John, John is doing an awesome job. I loved it. And, you know, he is always near and dear to my heart. And even to the very end, you know, he was looking out for Mance in death by shooting that arrow and alleviating him of his pain. Um, so I'm glad that, um, you know, John stepped up. And I'm concerned that maybe Stannis might feel insulted by that. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens because, uh, you know, that really wasn't the intention was for him to get shot by an arrow, but was for him to suffer and, and scream and burn to death on the stake. So be interesting. I, I thought love... there would be more screaming. I, 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 really I just... love... No, no, he wasn't supposed to scream. He wasn't supposed to scream after that. He was just I know, just like I'm saying, I that, that was the whole, leading up I, to that. Like, who's going to just be like, yeah, fire's looking at my feet. I'm going to just be over here and be stoic. <laughs> I really I'm can't sorry. think of a person. I mean, he
0: wasn't on fire yet, though. Like, it was kind of <laughs> coming to him. But he wasn't actually a <laughs> bleed.
1: There was some flames around him, though. He was burning I mean, up. At the feet, yeah. His legs was burning. He was on fire. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, like, <laughs> And, and that's ahead. why he was yel- he was yelping and making noises. He was being burned at that point and that's why John did what he did. You guys are making me think of Martin when he's like the fire. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, man, man, the fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And, you know, you're trying to be a man about it, I guess. You know, you're like. Oh it burns. God, know. You know, it burns. It Nobody going to burn me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, about John, I want to say this quick and let me get out of the way. Um, I was so happy we read what we read, the, the chapters we read before. It was so refreshing to feel that Ned. Coming through, you can hear, you can feel Ned in that scene, and yep. and um and just a reminder of him and what he taught them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that felt really good. So I was really happy that we we started the reread. I mean, we started the reading, you know, the of the of the from the beginning. That felt good. That felt really good. And so I just um that was the best part. And when he put the arrow through him, I was like, Miss Ned <laughs> again, mm-hmm. he's coming in, you know the honor of um, taking someone's life and understanding what, what it is that you're doing, you know? And, um, and it just, it, that felt good. That really felt good.
2: You, so, you got to yeah, love I, that the bastard I, is the most like his father. I love yeah.
1: it. I love it. Yeah. I lo- and it's what you love about John most is what you love about him most. He's just, he's a beautiful character. I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and really we read that earlier too, where Caitlin, Catlin says, you have more of the north in you you know, than, mm-hmm. than the, so I think it's, it's just something that we continue to see, and that's really great. Okay, that was the lady's question. Now, <laughs> let's see, how about, I asked the question, is it better to die for your convictions than to um, compromise your morals, which is what Mance did? What do you think about that?
2: I mean, in theory, I, I think it is, um, you know, just just having the, the mental exercise and thinking about it, I believe that to be true, but to be in that situation, it's kind of hard to say what you would do, you know? Um, but I have complete and utter respect for what Mance did, and, and that's exactly why the Wildlings respected him so much. Um, I mean, the dude was willing to go, go to his death and, and – And not bend on on the knee for the for the guy behind the wall. So I I had nothing respect for him.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, John respected them as well because he told Stannis like, "Yo, like they were just born on the other side of the wall. Like like, that's it. Uh That's the only, you know." And the fact that Mance had, you know, as they said, like united all these tribes like for the first time that they know of in like the history um to to like put them all under this one like king beyond the wall thing you know like Mance was a really dope dude and i could definitely i can definitely understand why he chose to die because he believed in his cause that much um and you know i don't think that many people especially in a westeros would do that because it's a lot of like you know like political kind of manipulation and backstabbing and the kind of stuff that we talked about with dario and avaris about like I- i'm going to align myself with this person just so i can get ahead like i think that if a lot of other characters were in Mance's position they would just go along with uh stannis and just plan to you know backstab him later or something like that um so yeah i i do think you know like like you said, Robert. Ideally, you know, you do want to die for your convictions, which it takes a very strong person to do that. And I think MAPS fits fits that uh, characteristic.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Does anyone have any thoughts other than that about John? No. Here's I do have. I wanted I started at the beginning saying, "What did you wish that you had seen in this episode?" And so I kind of want to open it up for. Uh, discussion about who you wished you had gotten more information on or what you needed uh, that the episode didn't give you.
2: Aria. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping to see her. It sucks that I, I had mean, to wait until next week. but.
1: Yeah. And is the hound dead? Do we know? No. Do we know? Jamie,
2: having some, you having some issues, huh, Jamie, not knowing who's dead?
1: I oh, know. <laughs> That's the thing, like, and maybe the live tweeting has a lot to do with it, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't recall seeing him die. So is, no. is he dead? We no, we didn't, we didn't see we,
0: him. I, I mean, they, Aria left him while like he was begging her to uh, to uh, kill him, but
1: yeah,
2: I to say he's dead.
1: So I want to know what's going on with the hound. <laughs> Okay, what's going on with the hound? That's a good question because we didn't see him die. Um, we, we're we not doing that, right? <clears throat> no, we're not doing that. Okay. India. <laughs> we're, we're not doing that. She's, she's, she's asking a different question. <laughs> we're not doing that, though. No. Okay, okay. No, okay. <laughs> so, all right. Everyone on Twitter is basically saying, Arya. nobody really cares about the Hound except Jamie. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, i, I just <laughs> want to know if he's dead <laughs> or not dead. That's all I no, want to you know. No, you just want to know. Mm-hmm, you just want mm-hmm, to know. Mm-hmm. I get that. Oh. oh,
2: the other thing I, I yeah. want to see is going on. Obviously, I didn't
1: know about Tywin, so I've got some issues trying to figure out who's dying and who's alive <laughs> on this show. So <laughs> It's some other stuff, but it's all spoiler stuff, so I'm going to close my mouth. Thank you, because listen, (laughs) guess what, you guys, we have five minutes left, and as you guys know, we do a topical discussion where we relate what happens in the mythical, magical world of the Game of Thrones to what is happening in the real world, and we do a little bit of a brief discussion on it. So I'm going to take this last few minutes, read the discussion, and then we will answer the question at the end. Ready? Yes. Thank you. Sir Loris is apparently openly gay within his family circle, but he does not have the luxury of coming out. He is even actively considering marriage to a woman he otherwise despises. This is scandal written all over it. With Oliver brazenly performing in front of Queen Marjorie, we compare this to 2013 slang of the openly gay male mayoral candidate Marco McMillan, to which a man recently confessed. In today's society, do you feel that LGBTQ people still have to actively hide themselves for career, personal, and family safety? It depends on what, um, oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, Jamie. Uh, It it just depends on, I think, what line of work they're in at this point. For the most part, LGBT, and let me say this, I I can't speak for for LGBT um, community, but from what I've understood and seen, that it's harder in some fields than others, meaning that, you know, if you're trying to run for political office, it would be harder to come out um, than it would be if you were, you know, an office manager for a law firm or something. So, um, you know, I think that it just kind of depends on the career field that you choose, whether or not you feel comfortable um, you know coming out to co-workers or even to the public at large about your sexuality absolutely well said Robert do you have any thoughts
2: no I mean I, I agree with Jamie uh, I mean it really just it it depends I would say overall I think that it's probably still um, very unsafe in a lot of situations you know I, I think a lot of people probably feel unsafe in a lot of situations so I think it it really depends on the community around them and and you know the the work environment the community of the work environment they're they're there in uh, i think it's it's probably uh, it's just uh it's, it's it's really complicated i think there's still a lot of people out here that that are are treating the lgbt community pretty bad and i live in a city that's uh, probably one of the the more open and open cities when it comes to situations. So I just hope it keeps getting better. The situations keep getting better and better.
1: Absolutely. Were you surprised when you saw him, you know, when Marjorie walked in basically while they were in the middle of having sex or nearing it? Uh, were you very surprised when you saw that?
2: No. Uh-uh. And I definitely wasn't surprised that Marjorie didn't bat an eye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sharif um, for India, do you have any final comments? Uh, I
0: don't. Um, I think you guys pretty much covered it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, M- M- Mar- M- Marjorie didn't bat an eye because she knows, like, the deal, and she just wants, you know, her power and stuff, and she doesn't <clears> care less about, you know, what he does as long as he looks good in public. Um, and, yeah, I do think that, um, you know, like, depending on where you grow up in the environment and your family issue, that there definitely are some... Um, LGBTQ people currently that do have to be in the closet for uh, various reasons, Um, you know, especially in, like, some of the more less progressive areas and, like, rural areas and and things like
1: that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to listen to this recap of the Season 5 Episode 1, Game of Thrones. We will be watching as a family all things Game of Thrones, using the Blurred's Watch hashtag, and then we will resume our regular book discussion next Wednesday at 7 p.m. EST. Um, I'm so happy that everyone tuned in, and I'm looking forward to the further discussion. So keep up the good work. If you are listening to the podcast on another day, please do use the Blurred's Landing hashtag. And anytime you want to talk about Game of Thrones, we are also using Blurred's Landing. Thank you very much, Jamie, India, and Sharif and Robert. I really appreciate your input, and you guys have a great day. Bye. Peace.